Hey there, listeners. Welcome to This Humana Life, a podcast for all Humana associates. We have amazing stories to tell and learning experiences to offer. We also believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared. Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insights into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others. This production is made possible with the support of the Women's Network Resource Group and by the dedication of our core team. I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja Evans. I'm Brittany LaMere. And this podcast is produced by Melissa Nichols. We're looking forward to hearing what topics are important to you. Join the conversation in our buzz group by visiting go forward slash THL. Also, make sure to text the acronym THL to 239-355 to have new episodes sent straight to your mobile Thursday morning. Welcome, Miss Humana Life listeners. I'm Tara DeLucia, and I'm here with a group. I'm very excited to share with you our guest today. And then I'll let Carmen, you introduce yourself. Yes, this is Carmen Pantoja Evans, one of the podcast hosts. Hey there, listeners. This is Brittany LaMere with Miss Humana Life. Awesome. And then we have a special guest today, Ashley Weber and Ashley Stanton from the Caregivers NRG. And we're just very excited to talk more about their professional growth and journey and, of course, to learn more about Caregivers Network Resource Group. So welcome to both of you. Okay, so let's start off by just learning more about your career journey and what brought you to Humana. So I'm Ashley Weber. Would you like to begin? Sure, yeah. Well, uh, first, Thank you all so much for, for having us here um, today on the podcast. Uh, really, really excited to share and um, just learn more, too, from, from you all. Um, but, yeah, as it relates to my career, um, I've been with Humana for close to, to 12 years. Um, I can't believe I'm saying that. That must mean um, I started when I was five, I've decided. Uh, I came from the public health space, and um, my career at Humana, it's mostly been centered around work that helps guide members uh, to take actions to achieve uh, what best health looks like for them. So um, that's a lot of different areas uh, with Humana having evolved as it, ha- uh, as it has. Um, first, I led a team that delivered uh, health and wellness classes to our Humana centers. They're, they're called our neighborhood centers now. Um, and our program was called Humana Active Outlook. Um, those classes were so much fun going out and, and visiting facilitators. Uh, I feel like it was as much about the mental health of our members and getting to socialize as it was about the education um, that the health educators were providing. Um, I've also been in the STARS organization focusing on uh, encouraging our members to get screenings um, and, you know, stay aware of their health status. And then also spent some time on the Bold Gold team where I was really focused on emphasizing uh, the importance of social needs, right? So just as as it is to get a screening, um, if a member doesn't have basic needs met, um, you know, I feel like that's, that's priority number one. Um, so we really have to put the member in the center and, and consider that holistic picture of health. So it was really cool that I was able to find in both of those spaces. Um, now I'm in MRA Perspective Programs, and I actually own a work stream that helps our members get connected to internal Humana programs after they have something called an 
in-home health and well-being assessment. So now, yeah, so 12 years has really given me the opportunity to move to different parts of the, the organization, so that's pretty exciting. Um, I definitely will come back to that with some questions about that movement. Um, but before we do that, um, I'd also like to introduce Ashley Stanton. Ashley, would you help us learn more about your career journey and what brought you to Indiana? Yeah, sure. And um, Fifteen Sentiments is Weber over there. Uh, thanks for having us. Really excited to be learn from you all. I have been with Humana coming up on seven years. Um, uh, my career journey started as a registered nurse right out of high school. Got my associate's degree. Um, worked in lots of clinical spaces uh, throughout that journey, mostly in the cardiac uh, post-open heart surgery space. I also did uh, care management um, on, a, on an as-needed basis for a select rehab hospital to where we're at Humana. I started telephonically um, in the Humana at Home organization and our care manager um, really came because I craved the more holistic view of nursing uh, in the hospital. You, I was focused on the heart, and that was really it. And then, you know, I I was in the the ICU setting and sent them on home, um, did some stints in the ER, things like that. And when I saw the care management, you were really helping helping the patient holistically with their lives, um, things that would impact them at home. It wasn't just medical; it was our social determinants of health, food, financial, and so that's what brought me to Humana. Um, I stayed as a frontline telephonic associate for about a year and a half, and then I transitioned to a manager role where I currently am still residing in Humana at home. Awesome. Well, this Thank is Carmen, you. and that, that, that is some really, you know, just two powerful women here with a lot of experience in history and um, just from knowing about their career at Humana. And then also when we learn more about their caregiver in RG role as well, it'll be, uh, you know, I can see where it's all kind of interconnected. And um, so as we roll into the caregiver in RG role, before we go there, um, maybe I just want other question. And it would be, what's one thing you wish you had known when you began? And Weber, can we start with you? think I have a, a great answer to that question um, because honestly I, I feel like when, when you're young and you're starting out I kind of wonder if someone were to tell you you know what that negative wisdom would be uh, would you would you really even listen and take action on what that thing was um, <laughs> maybe not you know like I feel like each of us are always evolving we're always growing and changing or, or at least be I think that's part of what makes life good um, and so I don't know that we can ever really get to where we are today without learning into the things that we should know. Um, I don't think that we should ever consider ourselves as arrived. And so, so really for me, um, going through hard lessons and experiencing insights along the way are to me what contribute to each of us 
gaining wisdom over time, like true experiential wisdom, not what someone, you know, told me to do. So probably not the answer that you were looking for, but when I, when I think about, like, one thing, I feel like, you know, when I think about early me, <laughs> um, mm. I kind of wonder if, if I would have listened or said, ah, you know, I, I've got this. I, I, I think I knew probably the one thing is maybe don't think that you know everything, right? <laughs> don't right. think that you have all the answers because I know I don't have those now. Good point. Stanton? Yeah, I don't know how to follow that up after Weber <laughs> just said it all, of course. No, I'm kidding. Um, I think the big thing, I started my career really young, and I was a mm. very young parent. Um, and so, you know, I think mine would just be, besides you don't know it all, you are going to struggle. You mm. are going to struggle to find that balance as a young parent. You're going to struggle trying to go through school again, you are just going to struggle. It's just don't quit. And that's the big thing. There's always going to be struggles and giving yourself that grace that it's okay. Um, because to Weber's point, gosh, you're young, you're hungry, right? You're always hungry and you want to be perfect, mm -hmm. but perfect is no fun. Then you're not learning. So I think the big thing is just I would have loved somebody to tell me starting my career, you're going to really struggle. And if you're not struggling, then you're not and uncomfortable, then you're not doing something right. You're not growing. Um, so struggle, but don't quit. I like that. Don't quit. Well, and real quick, you know what's so interesting is that is 100% right. And yet, I feel like sometimes culture is telling us, especially to tell our kids, like, don't be uncomfortable. Let's do everything we can to make make things as comfortable as possible. But it's it's such a um, like a fallacy, you know, because life is uncomfortable and it is stretchy and it is difficult. So that's such a good call out. And yeah, it's squishy I think one and thing it's that weird. I learned like somewhere. Uh, I feel like I don't know, maybe I don't know how many years into my career, maybe five or so, five or six years into my career, and I started to think about, like, long-term goals, like, um, you know, I went back and get my master's, and, and the idea of that felt really daunting, like, say, year one of my career, and I felt like, okay, well, that that's too much of a commitment, that takes too long, and I think to the point that Stanton made, you know, that there's always going to be an internal struggle, I think, to, to get to which, where you really want to go and, and to where you, what you want to do. Um, the other thing that, that comes to mind and that I always re remind myself of is, like, the time is going to pass anyway. So let's say I said, all right, it's going to take too long for me to go and get my master's, and I'm just not going to pursue that. Well, you know, that time would have passed anyway. And sure, it meant during those few years that I had to do homework on the weekends or at night. But um, on the other side of that, I had accomplished this great thing that I had aspired to do versus, you know, that time would have passed and, and you would have just, you know, probably spent it on, on some other things that didn't necessarily have that uh, sense of fulfillment that you wanted. So mm -hmm. I think I always try to tell myself now when it comes to things that feel like they have like a long time horizon and I kind of wonder, do I really want to endure this? Um, a lot of times I'll say to myself, well, the time would pass anyway. Um, you know, are there other priority things that you want to be working on right now? Or is this something that you should really kind of lean into and, and give it a try? Yeah, and I think it's, it gets, like, it just gets so sticky and, and gosh, it is just uncomfortable. And I think the school is the prime example. And it's, 
you know, if we're continuing to evolve and continuing to grow, nothing is ever going to be uncomfortable. But to Weber's point there, all of a sudden you, you come out with something or you come ahead of something. I mean, I had five children, went back to school and got my bachelor's graduated, got my certification, <laughs> wow. I mean, Congrats. all of these things. <laughs> Thank you. And, you know, I started out as a 17-year-old teen mom, and here I am today. So it's, it's that perpetual, like, things seem really daunting, but then all of a sudden, to Ashley Weber's point, it's done, and you're there. And now it's time to look forward to something else, because you can't get to those big long-term goals without having those short-term small goals. And you know what? Your small goal right now may just to be to get through the day of endless meetings or whatever those tasks may be. And then tomorrow you have a goal. You know, it's going to be to get through this day. So give your, I think it's just giving yourself grace to, to not have perfection, which is really hard when you want to be perfect and exceptional. I absolutely love that sentiment. Um, but I kind of want to expand on some of that that you, you've talked about with evolution and change. And since you both have a lot of experience working throughout the organization, you know, how do you see Humana as a whole changing in the future? And, and Ashley Stanton, if you'd like to start, I would love to hear your, both of your thoughts. Sure. So, you know, I work in, in the, the home solutions organization. So we are very clinically focused. and. It's been awesome to see the evolution over the last few, few years turning into a healthcare company and not just an insurance company. So with um, e-com coming, um, it's really that focus being on those clinical outcomes for our members. Um, because ultimately when we can focus closing those clinical needs, whether and, and when I say clinical, I'm gapping in things like our social determinants of health, financial needs, looking at the member as a holistic clinical view, because when those members don't have their social determinants of health needs met, their, their, their physical health needs are not going to be met either. And, and seeing that holistic view where nurses have always had that, right? I worked in an organization full of nurses and social workers and clinical things. People, but seeing the rest of the business kind of collectively as a whole not be siloed and focused in those same areas. So that evolution is, is really cool to see. Um, and with e-com coming out, having those interdisciplinary care teams, um, that's really exciting to see what that will bring for our members and make us even more competitive on the business side of things. And could you share with our listeners what e-com stands for? Yes, so that is our enterprise clinical operating model. Awesome, thank you so much. We, Humana, we love our acronym. We do. <laughs> so uh, Ashley Weber, would you like to share kind of how you see things changing in the future? Sam, I feel like you, you stole my answer, but it makes a lot of sense that why you did because you, you actually work in the space that, that I was thinking of when, when, I, uh, when the question was asked about you know, how Humana as a whole is changing in the future, right? So um, in the 12 years I've been with the company, uh, Humana has already changed exponentially. Um, I remember being on that very first team um, in Humana Active Outlook where we delivered, you know, health and wellness classes to our members and looked around and kind of wondered where else at Humana I, I might ever want to work. 
and I couldn't really think of a place if I'm being really candid. Um, you know, I'm a public health, health education professional, and I didn't really see a lot of other pockets of the organization that appeared to be a fit for me culturally um, or, or a background with my interests or, or passions. You know, we, we were an insurance company, truly. Um, and now we are that, that well-being company, and we're centered more and more around the human care component. So where before there weren't a lot of opportunities in the way of a path for me, now I look around and see all kinds of interesting work that I, I either get to engage in or I'd love to engage in, like e-com, for example. Um, and I think this will continue, just as Stanton said, as we make more investments in home care and evolve our clinical programs and, and models of care. Um, even within, you know, I sit in the retail organization, um, and I, I sit specifically in, in Medicare risk adjustment, which you wouldn't necessarily think has anything to do with, uh, you know, clinical outcomes per se, but the job that I do um, is all about ensuring that our members are connected to internal Humana programs and connected back to their physician after they conduct uh, an in-home wellness assessment with a nurse practitioner from our uh IHWA or in-home wellness assessment partners. Um, we, you know, know that the ability to evidence that value of connecting those members to those programs and services is critical to telling the story of why our risk adjustment prospective programs are such a critical and valuable um, part of our, of our business at Humana. You are listening to This Humana Life with co-host Tara DeLucia, Carmen Pantoja-Evans, Brittany LaMare, and our special guest. So I'm going to, I wanted to ask, Ashley, as you described about your movement within the company, you shared about the neighborhood centers and STARS and Bull Goal and now um, MRA you know, in the retail space, talk about the importance of networking you know, in terms of, of movement. So for our listeners who are trying to move, whether it's laterally or move up in their career, can you talk a little bit about your um, path and, you know, just how you've kind of moved from these different business areas? Sure. So, you know, I am not a big networker from the formal sense of the word. Um, I'll be the first to admit that I'm not really a fan of, you know, small talk. Um, I am, I think, a, a more, I, I don't know what the right word is, I'm an intense kind of person, and I, I value um, conversations with people um, than just kind of surface. But I know that, you know, that's required in order to get to know people. Um, I am a big believer, though, in, in building genuine relationships with people. Um, and so I think that some of the ways that I've been able to really do that, establish relationships, um, and, you know, in, in that sense, be able to position myself for movement through the organization is uh, things like, you know, what I'm, I'm engaged in now as, you know, co-president of the CNRG, like finding areas that I am interested in and passionate about that can expose me to new and different people and plugging in there. Years ago, I was on the WNRG leadership team, and I um, set up the ambassador program for the WNRG. And so that was a place, you know, and an opportunity for me to establish and create connections from all different areas of the organization. Um, so I think for me, it is, you know, look around at areas that may or may not be part of your day job, per se, um, and find places where you can connect and get engaged. 
the other thing that I would say um, as far as positioning yourself for opportunities is to try and think about how the moves that you make will build upon one another and how they will complement one another, right? So I think one of the things that's really helpful at Humana and, and, and is a cool uh, part of being a Humana associate is that, you know, if you have good bones, I say, like if you have core competencies and you're a strong contributor, um, you can make your way through the organization in a lot of cases. But you need to be very um, mindful about the positions and that you take. How do they build on one another? How do they how do they relate to one another and help um, more well-rounded associate? So um, as I think about my own movement, I feel like each one of my stops has uh, benefited greatly to the next one. So for example, you know, I went to STARS. I was very engaged in, in helping people with uh, clinical gaps breast cancer screening, colorectal cancer screening, diabetes. But then, you know, from a public health and health education standpoint, um, I always felt like there was a missing piece in that, and that was, you know, the, you know, talking about, like, needs, Maslow's hierarchy, right? If, if you don't have food on the table and you don't have transportation, I don't know that getting a, a colorectal cancer screening is really going to resonate. So then I got to go to Bold Goal and learn more about how we can position Humana um, as, you know, a thought leader in that regard. And then I can go to a place like now, an MRA, where I connect members to both the clinical and the social needs, recognizing that both of those are critical to a member's holistic health. So um, I think, you know, if you're looking to move and try to think about and how they help to expand your skill set overall. Don't make a lot of, you know, kind of random jumps around the organization that don't necessarily have um, you know, kind of story um, that help you uh, present yourself as a, as a very asset to the company. I think that requires that enterprise thinking that Bruce Broussard's been talking about. Like you've done a really nice job of connecting the roles you've had, presented it well in that we're kind of building this like this well-rounded understanding of the company, and this that's the way you've done it. Is that Does that sound right? It does, and, and I think that draws upon another thing that I've, I've told people before um, is that, you know, we can all be really busy in our day-to-day our -day jobs, and um, that can getting a little stuck and just looking at, you know, what's my box and <laughs> staying in my box and not really taking time to look out and look across at what's going on within the organization. Um, and so, you know, people who are uh, just starting out or, or even have been, been in a space for a while, stay in my lane, and, and there is value to that, right? <laughs> but at the same time, I think it's critical for us to stay engaged and interested in where our company is evolving. Um, otherwise, we don't necessarily have that viewpoint um, around ourselves as we think about how we can contribute to the company uh, to follow follow along with, you know, how our enterprise is, is moving. So, you know, always be uh, staying in tune on those, like, strategy and action things that we have posted in high. You know, we've got the um, the all-leader uh, uh, meetings that, that I attend, and then there's all associate communications. Like, actually read those, pay attention to those, um, and, and try to think about, you know, how, how you can provide value and connect into to that strategy. 
That's awesome. Thank you. And Ashley, Stan, do you want to share too? Yeah. So I think the great thing is I've not had as many different roles as, as Weber has here, but something that I've always done is recognizing that just because you stay in the same role doesn't mean you can't take on new opportunities. So Humana is wonderful and their leaders are wonderful about seeing the, the skills in people so, and giving that opportunity. Um, and so I've always said, if an opportunity comes your way, they're asking you for a reason and jump on it. I've, I've changed what I've been doing in my line of business, still the same role, uh, three times in the past three months. They, they asked me to help stand up an inbound line. I did it. They helped me, asked me then asked me to help support the, our telephonic transitions program, and I did it. So always ask the right questions and, and seek the feedback of why they're, they're asking you to do those things and recognize that that's a strength. It may not be something you like to do, but it's something somebody else sees in you. Um, so I think it's just recognizing that you don't have to go look for another role. Have that conversation with your leader too. Hey, what other opportunities are there? What strengths do you see in me? And what feedback do you have? Because here is my end goal. And, and what are the opportunities that will help me kind of get there? What things, because most leaders, and if you have that open conversation, we'll be more than happy to have that conversation. I love having de developmental conversations with my, my associates and my peers. So always take the opportunities if they want you to work on a project. You know, you, and again, going back to the being uncomfortable in that space because I don't know what I'm doing most of the time, let's be honest, but <laughs> I surround myself with people and I ask the questions. You ask questions, you, I'm not And I a, think that's key. Yeah, you yeah, ask, ask a lot questions. of questions I love and that. say, I don't know what I'm doing, and ask for lots of feedback along the way. So how do we grow? We ask for feedback. You ask the questions. You stay engaged. Moral of the story, if, if you feel like, you, you know, you're getting stuck where you are, kind of like Ashley Weber had said, you're in your little box and we get busy in our day-to-day, -day. have those conversations with your leader because, you know what, your leader's probably busy too, and may not, if they don't know you want these opportunities, they don't know to come tap you on the shoulder and be like, hey, I heard this project's coming along, you wanna do it? Um, and so until they know, you know, it, they don't know to tap you on the shoulder for those. So I think your career growth doesn't just necessarily happen in changing roles either. Um, if you have those open conversations with your leaders about that development, great things will come. That is such a huge point. It's not about the lateral promotion moves. It's about the experience in the role that you're in and being vocal and being an advocate for that. It's not our, you know, it's our job to grow our development and to, to raise our opportunities and, and identify. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. Sorry, I love it. Thank you. Sorry, no, and I think it's perfectly okay to sit and say, like, you know, I've had leaders come to me, like, we want you to work on this project, and you're like, ooh, mm feels really uncomfortable. What is it that you see in me that, because having, it's okay to ask those questions and be outright and say, what is it you see in me that will make me a good fit for that? And what is it that you think will be my biggest challenge? Those are always great questions to ask. Ooh, 
That is such a good point. Well, and to all of those, there's so many, there's so much in this conversation that we could, you know, there's so much there. I mean, it's taking risk. It's being willing to take on those stretch assignments. Um, For me and Brittany and Tara, the three of us have talked about, you know, you sometimes you just have to say no. And, but it's hard to say no sometimes, but Stanton, like you said, and Weber, I think echoed some of it was that your leader might be seeing something in you that they want to see you expand, to grow, to develop. And, and just recently in my mind, I've been thinking, um, I would be more disappointed in myself if I didn't try than if I didn't get that role or that stretch assignment. So, um, you know, at least try, attempt, exert, you know, make, make that point to do that. And, and that's it for this episode. But the conversation isn't over. Make sure to catch part two next week. You can share with us on buzz at go forward slash THL. And don't forget to subscribe by texting THL to 239-355. We want to thank you for spending time with us this week. We can use our guiding behaviors and speak up with candor to share our Humana stories through this podcast. Let's keep the conversation going together about this Humana life. Until next time, be intentional, stay curious, and inspire others.